Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Welcome to our show, Quirindrum. I am your wonderful, fabulous host, Holly Greystone. And I am your other, may I say it, more fabulous mm, just host, sexy. Gary Ems. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> more fabulous <laughs> host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. Hi. Hey. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but if you guys by chance can hear the pleading death cries of my puppy, just know that he is okay. He is just learning how to live life in a crate every once in a while um, because he cannot be trusted. He's eating cardboard boxes now. So feeling super so, yeah, special. I can see her right now beating him just so you understand. Yeah, totally. We got this. Yeah. We're recording this for future YouTube videos. You can see how you beat your dogs. Don't yeah. do that. I just thought you'd like to just know. So <laughs> don't do that. It's not okay. No, he's just getting uh he's just adapting. He's a little challenging. Um but yeah you know it's it's the life of having puppies. I did not keep the the cat in case you were wondering did not keep I did not keep Sam Adams. He is currently with the foster family and doing well as far as I know. Um funny story. Like two days later I'm out at a friend's house and they have a bunch of stray cats that they're trying to catch and take in to the Humane Society to get fixed and find homes for them. And while we were hanging out, one of the kittens decided they were going to jump on my truck and ride all the way back to my house, which is like a 20 minute drive on a highway. And uh, somehow sure. yeah. this kitten survived hanging on under, under the vehicle and <laughs> fell out when we made it to the grocery store. And all you hear is this. Meow! And that's just, that's it. You're nothing. So we spent a good hour looking the, looking over the entire parking lot, trying to find this kitten, see if it was okay. And obviously it had to be somewhat okay. Cause it wasn't on the anywhere on the road. Um, we probably just heard him sliding off of like whatever it was holding on to. Um, but yeah, I, maybe that's what happened to Sam Adams. Maybe he hitched a ride on someone's vehicle and slipped off and wasn't in fact thrown from a vehicle. It's, they like to crawl into warm, cozy places. And that's probably what happened to whatever this cat was doing. Um, but it was kind of interesting that it happened the same week finding the, the other kitten, uh, I don't know. It's like breeding season. I don't know what is the breeding cycle of a cat. I just feel like maybe they had a little extra time with the pandemic and there's just like extra cats. I don't know. So when I was, I always not, not a cute story. So, but I remember I was about five, right around five. And I will always remember a neighbor uh, getting ready to, they, the the neighbor's dad was getting in his pickup and leaving and you just heard these horrific sounds and a couple kitties were up up had gotten up into the engine oh shoot 
And I just, well, so um, this is something actually for people to think about right now is that uh, you're, um, you, everybody should think that it's getting to that time of the year where things are getting colder anyway. And yeah. so make sure and that kind of stuff, it's just, it's a horror. Yeah. I, a horror of mine. I've never had, I've never had animals crawl into my engine before. I mean, I know people do it. I just didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was, it was sad. I have to say it was sad, which is why I spent so much time uh, looking for them. Of course, I, as I'm doing this, I am dressed head to tail as a pirate because it was pirate speak like a pirate day. So my wife and I are wearing our tricorn hats, full, full pirate dress, boots, jewelry, everything. And we're wandering around the wall, the, the Safeway parking lot, looking for a cat going, yeah, kitty, 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 dressed as pirates. So I can only imagine what people thought about us as we were trying to get this kitten. Nothing more than they normally think about. Yeah, the yeah I mean, they knew I'm it was going to be like, really. oh, that looks like the Greystones over there doing yeah. something. So into their shenanigans. So, uh, Gary, I had something I wanted to share with you being someone who's uh, in the hiring for open positions situation, like many of us are, uh, I had an individual that came in for an interview. And one of the questions, we have two questions that we ask because we just, we like to make sure that we bring the right people on our team. And it's one question is, do you have any concerns about women in leadership positions? And do you have any concerns with members of the LGBTQ plus community? Now I'm going to cut this really short. There was a long winded answer about why it's okay for women to be in leadership positions. And I phrase it like that because that's how it came across. Okay. Did not understand what the letters of the alphabet, of the, of the, of the queer alphabet meant. So I, I just gave them the straight definition of it, right? Didn't go into yeah. any details because it's an interview. And I, as I start to say the various different acronyms, he's like, oh, yeah, the gays. Oh, yeah, I know the gays. They work with them oh, in our treatment facility. Uh, either, you know, they're in treatment for AIDS or they're in treatment for uh, drug addiction and just like listing off all these things. And he's like, and then he starts going on about how uh, a lot of those individuals uh, have uh, basically their sexual identity is is not their sexual identity as a result of a trauma and that bisexuality is just gay. And I was like, hmm, so one of my other roles in our community as a business owners, I part, partly own a company called Cornundrum, and we work to educate the community on how we can have healthier conversations. For example, bisexuality isn't just gay. It is an actual identity of somebody that we're just, you're just whitewashing it by saying that and you're ignoring them. And it's just because there are people of our of this particular subset of individuals uh, who are of the LBGT community may have some mental things or physical things or psychosis or whatever, whatever thing you want to put on it. It is ubiquitous across our entire species. It's not wholly on, on one subsect. So uh, no, but we should get back to our conversation about the interview. And he just kept bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing it back. It was extremely uncomfortable really uncomfortable never thought i would have to be in that situation but here we are i'm just gonna throw out there and i if i lose listeners for this and it's me not holly my guess is he's part of the living faith fellowship 
I'm going to throw it out there that that would be where I would go with that. So, yeah, I didn't so, say it. I didn't say it, but you no. picked up on it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he just seems like a real dick. I'm just, yeah. you know, that's super nice, friendly guy. No, he's not. To a point until you no. start to really get to know him. Then you're like, yeah, and no, I, he's not. I, we ended it. No, he's not. Uh, and I ended on this, like, you, it's easy for us to judge a person on a fraction of a second of a moment of their life. They're 50, 60, 80 years old, and you get to see them for one minute of their entire life. And you judge them based off of that one little piece of information you might, might know and could cause irreparable harm to the individuals. For example, you talk about how you used to be very angry an aggressive driver and you have learned and grown to develop to an individual who no longer chases down cars yelling obscenities if i had known you back at that point i would have i could judge you for that or i could look at you through a different lens and then he started going into how christ and anyway he just went into his own it was a very interesting and uncomfortable situation to be in i'm really glad that i had somebody outside the door listening because that could have easily gone any which direction, I guess. It was, I still Ozzie, need a shower. <laughs> well, Ozzy would have had to do was say, yes, I'm fine with that. Or, you know, just let, just end leave it. it. Every yeah. single person I have ever interviewed and we've had those set of questions have all been not a problem at all. My mom is a woman. Uh, my, my uncle's gay or whatever. It's like, I don't care. Like, People yeah. live their lives and I respect them, respect them for who they are. It does no harm to me and I'm fine. Yeah. Those are the general, like it really was a curveball because I was asked to do this interview solo because we're overcapacitated and we, other people need to be in different areas of our organization. I kept the interview because I didn't want to cancel because we're in need of hiring. So I kept it and I did, I did not, I expected the same re- similar response. No. But I had to stand up and say something, even though it made me extraordinarily uncomfortable. I could not allow another human being walk out of that room thinking that I was okay with the way he he phrased that conversation. It's like, nope. Well, <laughs> and just, okay. I mean, you know, it's going to stereotypes anyway, but it's for, you know, where you work is at a performing arts center. Yes. He might want to think about that before he answers questions yeah. that much. You know what I mean? Yes, where very, really... very, way more than he needed to give. Uh, there was definitely some boundaries there. Uh, and I did say, it's like, we are a safe space for members of our community. And we, we need to make sure that we are bringing people onto our team that are also affirming um, so that we can continue to have, be a safe space. Yeah, this guy just, I kept having Ow. to redirect it back to the, I'm not hiring this individual. <laughs> it was a strong no. Uh, wish them well and hope they grow, but I not not here and not with me. So that was, I thought you'd find that interesting because I was like, ah. <laughs> Wow. I'm always shocked at how, you know, I think everybody in interviews anyway tend to maybe not lie, but you certainly don't give out your true feelings oh on stuff. Oh, my gosh. Stuff, I know? knew about his domestic relationship and how it fell apart and violently and all this. I knew way more about him than I ever should have known in an interview, period. Okay, so 
it, I just have to make sure it wasn't the one guy that we know who used to be involved in the theater. Was it the, Oh, you don't know him. I've never met okay. this individual before. Okay. So I just said, it, yeah, you would know who if I know. If you, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, okay. No. And I, I, yeah, no. Um, I, I think I know yeah. what you to whom you refer, but no, uh, this is an no, individual. Yeah. He said he's been in the area for a while, but I've never met him before. Okay. Um, and it's neither here nor there. It was whatever, but I thought you would find that yeah. interesting as as someone wow. else who's also hiring to fill job positions and having these, you know, you're trying to be a, a better organization and accepting organization and an organization that's growing. And one of the ways you find that out is you have you have to have the conversation and make your yeah. statement known. Like we are affirming, we are safe, we do not, we're we're not, you know, whatever, this or that. You you very clear principles so that it's not open to interpretation. Yeah. And uh yeah, I may have to rethink how the question's worded so that doesn't happen again, but I think one out of ten is saying that it's really it's probably not the question, it's the individual. So anyway. Yeah, I really wouldn't, yeah. I mean. I wouldn't think that that should be an issue. So, right. And you just, you just say, Oh, it's fine. Or yes. You know, it, even if you said, Oh yeah, the gays are fine. You know, you could live with that, you know, but. Right. But, it's just, wow. it was, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other, the other more notable thing that happened is uh, I may have a uh, neurological thing that could become a lifelong uh, thing that means I may have to change my way of life. So I don't know anything yet. Still going through all the tests, going to have to go to a bigger city with bigger hospitals and better tools to do some diagnosing. Um, it's not life threatening. So COVID's obviously taken a precedence over that treatment, but, uh, I may have a, I may have one of two things. I may have Bell palsy, um, or I may have made grievous, which is a, both of them presents very similar where part of my body goes uh, limp for lack of a better description, the muscles stop responding and they go, they slack. And so I look like I'm having a stroke when I'm not, or I, a part of my body just won't respond. I'll go to move and I can't grab something or pick something or hold something for long periods of time. And I'll have days where I'm completely fine and I could deadlift 200 pounds and go for long walks and hikes and be completely fine. And then not. So, uh, there's some things that we're exploring and it could just be it could just be anything that not, not even remotely related to those things, but uh, we've ruled out all of the dire things at this point. So we're just looking kind of at the minor long-term effects of both the bell palsy and the may grievous. Um, I also found out that my polycystic ovarian syndrome that I was diagnosed with uh, some years ago. Now I have a slight variation of a very minor uh, form of it, but it does contribute significantly in the imbalance of hormones that contributes significantly to waking. Did not know that. So I've uh, been working with a couple of specialists locally to kind of isolate and figure that out. And, and then from that, we can make informed decisions. Um, so there's a treatment plan of how we could approach balancing hormones, which go figure it's a thing. Uh <laughs> Hormones play a huge factor in weight gain, a lot more than just the calories in and calories out in terms of exercising and what you eat. Hormones play a much larger uh, contributing factor to that. And so trying to isolate what that is for me as an individual is kind of hard in our current medical society because it's easier to uh, 
keep people unhealthy so they stay on pharmaceuticals because they make money off of you. So good times. Um, been been interesting self explorations for this this last couple of days. So Holly, I'm just really curious. Do you feel that being I? I think it's been proven that being a woman makes it harder when you're trying to get diagnosed with something anyway. I, it's, it's a proven. Yes. So my next question with that is, do you feel that you being a queer individual, does that, does that have anything to, to do with, do you think you have any, that they start that, questioning you? That's a really good question. No, I have been very lucky. I'm very picky as to who I will take mm-hmm. on as a provider. Um, and I say that intentionally you choose. And if, oh, you, yeah. if they won't let you go somewhere else um, before my, what my primary has just, just changed. Like this week it was a new primary and the two weeks prior to my main person leaving, I actually scheduled a doctor's appointment and said, okay, here's a list of all your providers currently in the clinic. Who do you recommend based off of what you know about my medical history and who I am as a person that I would be safe with? Not because of my my identity as a as a as a member of the LGBTQ community, but as a human being, someone who's going to listen to me. I'm an yeah. educated woman. I understand science. I have a science degree, two of them, uh, and I have a and I have a business degree, and I know how to ask questions and I know how to document my symptoms very specifically. I, I make very specific notes about what I do. I, I I don't like it when I'm treated like a an idiot because I don't because people say, well, was it before or after? How long has this been going on? I can say it started on this month, sometime in this, you know, sometime between this year and this year, but on this month, and I can narrow it down pretty quickly. And I'm very consistent because I keep good notes on my own well-being because I feel that's important. We are our own self-advocates. I, so I do not, to answer your question, do not feel that I, as a member of the LGBTQ community, I, I'm finding it to be challenging. I am finding it to be more challenging because I'm a woman. More so than anything. I'm a woman who is overweight. Um, and I have had doctors from California to Washington. Once they take a look at me and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. Listen, you just need to eat the right amount of calories and you need to work out and you need to focus on these things and that's going to fix your back or you need to do this kind of exercise and eat these kinds of food and that will fix your pain. It's always been numbers in, numbers out, burn it off, do this. And and I was like, you know, there's got to be something more. If it's really that simple, it's just numbers. And it has nothing to do with any other components, and maybe maybe even some genetics in there. We would not see the level of obesity we're seeing, not only in America, but in the world. And there are a lot of foods that are, the FDA approves and says, yeah, this is okay for human consumption, that are pumped full of hormones because the meat and the dairy that we consume are from animal products that have been pumped full of hormones that then in turn, we digest and our body's like, meh evolutionarily speaking, this has only been around for five minutes. I don't know what you are. Store that in fat and we'll check it out later. Our hormones are drastically impacted by that. And by the way, the, our, our circadian rhythm of our, of our biology is different. It's there's just so much more into it and it's not simple numbers. It's not being strict vegan. It's not being strict calorie counting or 
or intermittent fasting. Like I, I've done that and lost nothing. I would fast for 18 hours and I would eat all my calories in a short period of time. And still I would lose nothing. And I've just heard on that part, trust me, I can go diet for diet with you. That one I never did because it actually, there's a lot of things that can, that can fuck with your body on that one anyway. Um, our friend Tracy has tried fasting in the past and it hasn't been jack shit for because all you do then is when you, you eat way too much shit. And, and I know there's some people's word for it in the short term and that's always the issue short term. Um, I do a couple things on that. I will say that you're right. There is some, uh, and it's been proven if you look at a lot, it's a medical record shit that, uh, that hormones, pumping hormones into stuff has made a difference in, in our amount of what we gain. I will say that also though, I remember being a kid and a 16 ounce soda, let's use that example, was the large soda. Our portion sizes of drastic. Now that's the small. I mean, think about an apple. Apples were small. They're now significantly bigger and the sugar content is 75% more. It's not just, oh yeah, it's healthy, but it's no longer healthy because it's been genetically modified to be bigger. And it's, it's still pretty healthy, except for the fact that they, they, you're right. They've genetically modified and, and apple's a good one to go with it to make it sweeter, to make it crispier, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's made it, you know, where, you know, and you with your wonderful biology degree will attest to this, that our body loves sweet. So we eat that and it's okay. We want more. We want more. Mm -hmm. We want more. Same thing with salts. Yeah. Same thing with salts. Um, it's, I was going to go back about the doctor thing. I've yeah. actually made a point now. I don't go to male doctors anymore because as a gay male, I had uh, issues with like them not wanting to, as I'm getting older, I should have prostate exams every once in a while. Um, they don't, they, it was, I mean, literally almost forcing them going, don't you think I need a prostate Oh, well, I I think so. So finally, now that that you mentioned that I was supposed to have a breast exam as part of my annual exams and they weren't doing it. I actually had to ask them. I was like, Hey, it's been about eight years between I've had three providers over eight years. And I was like, only my first provider of that last eight years actually did it. And they said, it's part of my health exam. And they're like, well, do you have any family history? I was like, yes. They're like, Oh, then yes, we should be doing that. I'm like, how did you not? Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it, like I said, you have to be your own advocate. And that doesn't oh, yeah. mean that you go into Facebook to find your information. No. You actually ask questions of medical professionals. And if that means you have two different doctors that you need to figure out the question to, you know, the answer to a question or even how to ask a question, you know, that do that. Well, now, another one of our friends who I won't say has had a lot of issues. Um, some real bad health issues. And I remember finally telling her, have you gotten this? Have you gone and gotten a second opinion? It doesn't seem like they're taking you seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, they finally, especially did. if pain is involved, if pain is yeah. involved, a lot of times it's treated as a psychosomatic thing and it's not real. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, no. And it's, it's, and that's just it. And so she finally, um, 
they, they, they finally thanked me and said that they did that. And they, they actually have somebody who now they feel is, is helping them at least, you know, at least listening to them seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I will always, I think for the rest of my, uh, my life, I will always try to get a nurse practitioner as my, as oh my, my gosh, they're the best caregiver. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what I've had the last I few times. I have always loved part. my nurse pr- practitioners. Yeah. Um, I don't, I just, I feel like for me, just to kind of go back to what, you know, the question about, did I, do I feel like it was harder being a woman or, or being a member of the LGBT community going back to an experience I had, I, I it was in California and I had severe pain in my, in my right leg. And they're, and they're like, Oh, it's cause you're fat basically is what it comes down to. And yeah. I had multiple doctors say that all the way to the point they were sending me to a foot doctor who did, did a series of imagery and showed me like, yeah, you actually need ankle surgery. You need this ligament. And I do, this is a truth. However, it is not the problem of my current circumstances. It's this thing that needs to be handled. Although I'm not looking to be having my ankles done because each one's six month recovery and that's not happening anyway. Uh, okay. So wait, 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 wait. So they tell you this needs to get done. They tell you it's going to make you feel better. Yes. And- it's going to fix my pain. And you're not going to do it because it wasn't the pain. The pain was a bulging disc at the L4 and L5, and it was pinching the nerve in my right leg and causing the pain. And they were thinking, well, no, it's your foot. That's causing the pain in your back. Okay. So it was making, okay. I I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically, I went undiagnosed for almost a year because I just, I did not feel like my ankle was causing the pain I was feeling because it was coming from my back to my foot, not my foot to my, to my back. And I talked to a, who was a student at the time in physical therapy. And I was like, it, it really feels like it's coming from my back and going to my feet. And so they had me do some things over the phone and they're like, you need to go back to your provider and ask for an MRI of you L4 and L5. I guarantee you, you have a pinched nerve in there and shit you not. That's exactly what it was. Doctor's like, yep, you got a bulging disc here and a bunch of fat. So you need to lose weight in order to fix the situation and don't do yoga and don't do all these other really good things, by the way, that actually helped my back. I went out and did them anyway, because the scientific papers I was able to get a hold of said like, actually a lot of those movements are good for you. Even with that back. Oh, yeah. That, I had a chiropractor when I was having really bad back problems, which a lot of them got taken care of when I lost the weight, but uh, he said, Oh, well, no, you don't want to do yoga. And I literally going, but everything I've read talks about stretching the muscle and this is, and so I ended up switching chiropractors for that reason. Just, yeah. I'm like going, I, I okay, this is so years. funny. Did you see on our, it keeps showing whenever I raise my hand, it goes, Oh, you have somebody raised your hand. Yes. <laughs> so, Cause I, you know, I do. And I keep, I've never seen that one before. Yeah, so there's a new, I think there's a new feature now on the zoom. Uh, cause for our listeners, we use zoom for our show, uh, because one day we hope to actually put this up on, on YouTube, but if you do certain like hand motion or so, I don't know, Gary, keeps well, probably the not you because you're that. Yeah. It keeps popping up. I'm the speaker, but yeah. the, but the people on the other end of it, uh, so if I flip you off, am I going to get flip, Do you get the flip off emoji? No, yeah, no flip off emoji. It, sorry. Be... Anyway. Yeah. He raised Shoot, hand, so the thing kept popping up on the screen as you had someone wants to say something and, 
I'm like, that's the <laughs> kind of re- reality we're in right now. Whatever. <laughs> we got completely well, sidetracked in here a little bit, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's good. It's a good conversation to have because I think this is what a lot of people, especially in our community of LGBTQ individuals, uh, have to deal with. Like, I, but yeah, I have not struggled in that in the same way that you have struggled, um, but only just because I'm I'm a woman. Well, and that's just, it's, it's such a, you know, in the end, I always, it's, you know, I've got, I get the gay card, male gay card, very, not too often, but that's one of them. It's, it is, um, I, I, it actually, even with a woman one time I got a, now, how long have you been, how long have you been married? And I go, oh, or how long have you been with your partner? That point is 10 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, do you. You you still use a condom, don't you? And I go, no. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and the look she gave me, I'm like going, and I'm never coming back to you again. You know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have had a doctor, a male doctor, talk to me about uh, birth control because I said I was sexually active. Yeah. It was a question that was asked. Are you sexually active? I was like, yes. Yeah. They're like, well, let's talk about birth control. It's like, let's talk about my situation before you start suggesting birth control. How do you know I don't want to have kids? Yes, I understand I'm in college working two jobs trying to get by, but let's talk about you just assuming that I want to have have birth control. And then, and I was like, that's not a concern that I have. And he's like, well, and he just kept going. I'm like, no, it's legitimately not a concern that I have. He's like, oh, is there family history or something? I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I prefer female partners. And the chances of me being, we like practicing making babies, but we're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Made him so uncomfortable. Never went back to him. It was funny, though. You know, looking back, I guess the best thing you could have said, I I, would have, you know, and again, you, I mean, I wouldn't do this either, but when you let you have the guest days, I'm like, I didn't know I could get, I didn't know that I could get pregnant from using my hand. well um yeah no i will say that the weight loss issue um uh, first i'm gonna go back the uh i i think that with uh it's one of the few areas where i do think that that gay men or those identify as men have more issues it with going to a doctor um or uh, a person on Twitter, I saw that he got literally a third degree because he went in, he wanted prep, you know, and I think that's very smart of him to do. What's prep? It's uh, it's a medicine you can take if you're, and it's, this is just truly, if you're male and you're gay, that um, that can help you not get AIDS, you know? Oh. If, uh, yeah, so. It's a preventative treatment? It's a preventative treatment. And he got like the third degree going, well, how sexually active are you and what's going on? And he goes, well, I'm not, and he was literally saying, I'm not right now, but now that COVID, this is before COVID went to shit again, that he really was, you know, wanting, he was trying to prepare in case he found somebody he wanted to be with. Instead of afterwards. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, to me, that doctor should have been saying, awesome that you're coming to me now yes yes and not go well not shaming not shaming 
And he, and I'm just saying, you know, you then if you're doing that, you have to come in for AIDS tests every three months. He goes, yes, I get, you know, and so I, that just, and so it's one of those times that it's one of the few areas and it's a small, minute thing. So please, female listeners out there, I'm not, not by any means saying, I've heard so many horror stories from back even dealing with my mom who doctors would not listen to her and my ex-wife. Oh my, my mom had to fight tooth and nail for care for us because she was a poor, heavy set woman with three mm. kids and no, no husband. And she's like, no, there's something wrong with my kid. And they're like, oh no, your kid's a hypochondriac. She's like, no, there's something wrong with my kid. Ah, yeah. no, it's just a typical thing. She goes, no, I'm telling you that my kid at this age should be able to sit up and, and at least stay seating up and they're not. Oh, well, that's because you're you're not feeding her enough and you're malnourishing. We're Is this for your sister? My this, sister. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to take your kids away. And then the judge is like, no, you give those kids back. This is you weren't listening. She's telling yeah. you that the child has something going on. You need to look at those things. And she yeah. always even up to now, she still has to advocate for her. But also like up until I was self-determining. Uh, which granted it was a pretty young age because I'm a pretty stubborn individual. Um, my mom had to fight for our care. She's like, my kid might be hyper, but they're not ADD. They're a kid. I don't think they need to have medication. The teacher just every single time they pick out five kids and want to drug them, call yeah. them ADD, put those kids on drugs. And the, and my, my kid is an ADD. She doesn't need it. I got very sneaky about hiding my pills and getting rid of them because I didn't feel like I needed it. I, it did not work on me because I wasn't ADD. Yeah. And so it's just, it definitely happens to women. Definitely happens to women who are, who are heavy set. We're just treated it's, like we're dumb and sluggish and don't do anything. And yet I could be at that fucker's house, stripping down their walls and rebuilding their house for them or fixing their car and maybe getting to know their wife. Just saying, I'm just kidding. But I'm just, <laughs> right. Like, it just, it, right. <laughs> It's like, we're fine if we stay in our lane, but outside of that, there, we're some, there's something wrong with us and it's your fault. It's something that I know that my, my mom, I remember if she was alive today, I know she'd be diagnosed with ironically what my, my ex-wife has, which is CVS. Um, and I know it's something that basically whenever you get any kind of anxiety, you immediately start throwing up. I mean, you get bad sick. My mom obviously had that. And they convinced her that, you know, a bunch of male doctors convinced her that, oh, if she had a hysterectomy and take care of everything. <laughs> because her period made it worse. Imagine, because everything gets heightened during your fucking period, you know. And so, and so I just, you know, and I hate that my ex-wife has had to go through this and she's still going through it and she still has episodes but at least they know what the issue is right. and and but it listen took to her, the patient it took her years i mean we're talking like this has just only happened last like five or six years where they finally figured out the problem right um and so something that be and it's because she's a woman and she was low income it's just all that, like you're talking about. And My mom, when she first, uh, she was diagnosed with um, her, something about her hormones being off, not PCOS, but hormones being off. And she stopped having her periods until so the doctors were like, wow, you have to have your periods. So we're going to make you have your periods. And it was making my mom very sick. 
and it wasn't helping with the the rapid weight gain. It was rapid. And they just assumed that she was, you know, low income and she was doing this to herself. And it's like, oh, my, yeah. mom, my mom barely had time to eat. She's running around with three kids and, and two or three full-time jobs. Like, when is she eating? Um, so then they, I mean, she went through us, she went through probably 20 years of stuff. And I would say, even, even if I were to argue this, I would even say it wasn't until recently within the last five years that she was properly diagnosed from 30 years ago. And I do believe part of that is, is because there are more women in the medical fields now. Yeah. I also think it's because more and more women are standing up for themselves, but it's still, it's terrible. I, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, and um, I think that really overall we have to, these doctors have this God mentality and it's like, you know, no, listen to what we're saying. It's, we actually have some say over our own bodies and most of us understand our own bodies and please just listen to what we're telling you. you. um, Yeah. I, I, there's a meme out there some about going back to the weight loss. It says that this guy comes in, he's got, uh, I, I want to say, I think it's a knife in his chest and just there's blood coming out. And he's an overweight guy. And the doctor goes, Oh, I can see the problem. You're fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not this knife that's actively killing me at this moment. Cause I'm bleeding and dying here. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, it's just, it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's, there's this terrible discrimination that happens to overweight people. And I want to say to this folks that, that Holly's saying she's overweight. She's not, I, I mean, I, I, okay. I would say like, if I lost 15, I would be like, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vivacious, curvaceous, gorgeous yeah. baby. But I'm a, I'm a little bit on the heavier side, and I, I and I have noticed that my my pain is a little bit increased because of that. Yeah. Um, so I would I would say yeah, I'm about 15 pounds of what I would feel is is overweight for me. Um, if you were to go off of the scales of of medical society, I'm about 40 pounds overweight. Um, it's- Oh, yeah. So right now I'm at 195. I'm sorry. There's there was some break up there. I can't hear you. I what what? <laughs> Remember, it's not the numbers. It's 195. But the funny thing is, is that it still shows by the BMI thing. It shows that I'm I'm overweight still. Yeah, and it's um, it's such a bullshit scale. Well, and then talking to my, I just had a meeting with my. My uh, well, the, it's now the physician assistant's taken over on my surgery side, which I love her and I, I want it. I want her to become my new best friend. I've decided. So, <laughs> it's like, can but, we be um, best friends? I know. I just watch it so bad in the middle of our talk. So, so here's the deal. You know, but, anyway, <laughs> um, but she's now, first of all, saying that um, my original weight goal was to get to 180, and she goes, "Gary, you're going to hit 160, which will be I." I and I'm kind of highly doubting that because even when I was when I was in high school and I was on the when I was doing long distance running and I was going out dancing all night long and shit like that and I I only ever I remember reaching 162 at one point I remember being fucking starving all the time so I don't really think it's gonna happen but 
um, it'll be, that'll be very interesting talking about yeah. you know, seeing where, where I get on that. And, and then the, if you go by the BMI, if I'm someplace I'm not, I will be overweight until I get, I want to say it's below 175. It's like, and so that you, you can't go by that stuff. It's you like, really can't. Um, no, I judge it. I judge it. I can't remember what my acronym was, but it was jump fence, run away, jump fence, lift 50, throw 25. I forget. There was some sort of like in my head, it was my own thing. Like I'm never going to be this eye catching thing that doctors call healthy because that doesn't exist. That is not a reality. That's like medical Barbie got her degree and says, this is what you're supposed to look like. That is not a reality. I have big hips as my mom would have said, childbearing hips in your face, not having babies (laughs) because I can't for previous stated reasons. Um, But I have, I have very big hips. I got big boobs. I'm easily carrying in my chest alone, 20 pounds, if not more, just in my boobs. And it was like that before I put on the last 15 pounds. I have big boobs. I also have a big ass. And you know what? There are several societies across our planet that is healthy. They are biologically healthy. You run all of their labs. Their numbers are freaking phenomenal. And they live long lives and they have very little health issues until you introduce McDonald's into their world. And then that shit goes south. Uh, plus all the body imaging shit that you throw at that. I'm never going to be that. I will always be a strong earth shattering spirit of a woman. And I will come in and rock the world and get shit done. And I will do that because that is who I am right now. Yes. I'm a little bit on the, on the heavier side for me. But that's me. And that's something that's very important for our listeners to understand. You as an individual are going to have your own things that you have to evaluate for yourself and try. I know it's hard to not let the world get in, get on you about shaming you for who you are. Um, our, our show is actually supposed to be on identity today, but I think we got a little sidetracked here a little bit. Um, I think it's okay. I think it's good. It's good yeah. to talk about. It's it's still a, a, a self-identity. It's a layer of a self-identity, right? There's so many facets of who we are as human beings. And next week when we get together, I will, I will dive into um, just the different identities from sexual orientation to sexual identity to gender identity. Uh, I even created like a beautiful graphic. I will probably just throw that up on our social media to just tease uh, and wait till next. Okay. Well, and actually it's made me, as we're talking about this next week, I'm going to do, it'll be, I'm not, the, my original thought was I'm going to talk about Grace and Frankie, which I think it would go well with it, but yeah, I'm going to switch and do more of a pop culture true angle on it because uh, the, the uh, queer and um, the queer community, well, it sort of goes along with today, but uh, I, but there's a real body dysmorphia that hits the queer community harder. There's, than, there's sexual dysmorphia. There's um, physical dysmorphia in terms yeah. of uh, how do you dress and look? Do you cut your hair? Do you not cut your hair? Do you color your hair? Do you not color your hair? Do you wear makeup? Not makeup. High heels, not high heels. 
And you know what? The answer, just, the answer is yes. Yes. Well, and the thing about it is in the in the queer community itself, there's some of the biggest people who criticize other queer people for that. It's not at the I was criticized the, quite a bit because of who I first of all, the guy I interviewed, kind of call it back. He thought I was a male because of my voice. He even said that. Oh, I thought you were a man because your voice is deep. It's cool that you're a woman. Yeah. Oh, right. Really? I would never have gotten that. I get when I came out in my 20s, I came out, people thought I should be, they were telling me, um, members of our community were telling me, you're a butch lesbian. And they had these these tests. These are air quotes words, by the way, air quoting. There were tests that determine the type of lesbian you were. Would I wear lipstick? Yes or no? Yeah, it depends on the occasion, but I prefer lip, tinted lip gloss. Okay. Right. Would you carry a purse? Nah, while it's far more practical, I can tuck that away and have my hands free and not have to worry about a purse. Okay. Put now look at your fingernails. If I, if I face my fingernails where my nails are curled in towards my palm to look at my nails, that was masculine versus having my palm faced away and looking at my nails, which was feminine. And based off of the answers to those questions, friends, I was a butch lesbian, according to them. Have you ever seen the, Oh my God, the movie, um, inside out. No, that it's, um, while you look keep it up, talking. I, yeah, while you, talking. Yeah, you're going to look that up real quick. I'm just going to tell you all, sometimes I am. I'm not very often a butch lesbian because it's just not my aesthetic. But when I was younger, I did wear far more masculine looking clothes. I wore baggy jeans with the with my wallet on a chain and big black clunky boots and plaid shirts and baseball caps. Nothing was flattering. And I did that for a very specific reason. It was not because I identified as a butch lesbian. It was because I didn't want to be sexually assaulted. And if I looked that way, most people would not sexually assault me because I didn't dress like it because that was how I was advertised to me. I would be assaulted if I dressed a certain way and the way I wanted to dress was not how I ended up dressing. I wanted to protect myself the best way I could. And that was my way of doing it. Is it the right way? No. Did I finally figure that out some years later? Yes. Did I marry a fashion, beautiful woman who actually knows how to dress this beautiful body of mine? Hell yeah. And I love my style and I'm always tweaking with it and I'm always trying something new with it. And she loves me for me. Now she has called me a butch because I came out in a lumberjack shirt and a baseball cap with like some pretty like race car looking sunglasses and holy jeans. And she's like, we've been together for a while. And this is the first time I've ever seen you dress like that. It's very butch, very butch. As I, the, I'll go ahead and finish your <laughs> five years later. I finally got rid of that shirt. <laughs> Still have the jeans though. Cause they are practical. <laughs> so the movie is in and out. Uh, it stars Kevin Klein and Tom Selleck. Okay. It's uh, from the late nineties and it, there's this, it's him. He gets uh, the movie, he gets outed by uh, he uh, he's a teacher and this student who wins an Academy award outs him by saying, I want to dedicate this, uh, this Oscar to, to my hero, my gay teacher. It says his name on this. And so anyway, then a little, and, he is not out. He's not, he, he doesn't think he's gay. And, and he 
he actually oh. watches this um he listens to this this cd about how he should act you know um and to be more butch and it's just funny because one of the things talked about in there how do you look at your fingernails you know and and of course, he oh, looked this way. Oh and, my gosh! When is it? So, 97? 97? You know what? I sh- that's yeah. probably what they pulled from. Yeah, they probably was, pulled their freaking questions based off of that film because I was I was about that time. It was in the late nineties. Um, it's it's a really sweet, kind of dated, but a very, very sweet movie. I would I recommend it anyway. I will but, have to I will have to check yeah. out. Well, it's something that I know that uh, now going back to then on for gay men, because we're really talking about these two because we're we don't know the others. This is the ones we know. Yeah. Uh, gay men. Oh, my God. If there is a point where, oh, well, you know, are, you know, asking, you know, you're not you're not you're not femme, are you? And I'm going, oh, I, I really don't know. I think I'm a little of everything, you know, yeah. and so it's and go and. And you do get gay, you, and it's it's other gay men who are really they really try to put you in a box. They in, want you in a box, and really just saying, "Well, you can't be this if you're that." And it just it's and that I, I know we've talked about it in the past, but it always yeah. that one really yeah, the, does. There's a bisexual or questioning. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're bisexual, you're not a real gay man. Um, no. If you're questioning, then. Um, I forget what the typical stupid names are that people call each other as a result of it. Um, not to invalidate the individuals, but it, the, just the name calling is ridiculous. Um, I think, I think that we as humans want to label things because it helps us understand we want, because we only really get to know each other for the, on, on a large scale, we really only get to know each other on the, on the micro moments that we see one another Oh, yeah. Unless you have your friends, like you got your close friends. Um, but if you're in like social situations where it's like a hit and a miss where you might see somebody and maybe you might see them a few times, if they haven't updated their terminology, their understanding, which is the aim of our show, then they get stuck on seeing the world through that very limited lens. And and whether they mean to or not, and I'm guessing for the most part they mean to because they feel like they're right, they label you. And they push you to make a choice and you feel peer pressure to make that choice because you don't want to, it's easier to be heterosexual than to be anything on the spectrum homosexual. Because if you say I'm a heterosexual male and you look and dress and act that way, nobody questions you. That's it. You're good. You're golden. Nobody's going to ask you a question, but if you're on the spectrum of any sort of sexual fluid fluidity outside of that, it's a lot. I mean, it gets, it's human nature because I will, it is something that everybody understands. You understand heterosexual, you get it, you understand it. And even now more and more, you understand if you're a lesbian or, or uh, you're homosexual. I mean, you, to, you know, that if you're a homosexual, more and more people understand, it's still not as, it's, it's still, still not, not but great, it's, but, but it's every, every iteration of our generations is becoming more fluid. It's becoming more yeah. understanding because the reality is humans created gender. We created it. And so we base it off through the lens of our humanity, not off of anything else. So we can change the game. And what I, I think we're seeing a lot of that. I think we're seeing a lot of people uh, stepping up to the plate, as it were, 
to start knocking down these these ideas that are very harmful. I love the fact that today um, I saw this one very sweet couple who, um, and they've they I I they I'm not going to say their names, but they uh, made sure that I knew that they were a couple, and I kind of assumed they were. You know, it wasn't like, and it was so sweet to watch these two. Uh, two girls who were today over it, near where I work and they were just sitting on the couch and they were kind of cuddling and nuzzling each other and they didn't you know they weren't worried about who was around them and nobody paid attention to them mm-hmm. that's I love this about the generation that's coming up now that they really they don't think anything about it you know it's just mm-hmm. um and like with even like when I when when Dean's been around, I've been able to oh this hey this is my husband Dean oh my God Dean we're finally going to meet you it's not this oh you know it's mm-hmm. just you know it it's so nice to have this generation that is coming up now say all the shit you want to about them but they are the most open minded and it's because of we've done some trail done a lot of work our previous generations just, have done a lot of work to make that happen. And to see them not have to, not have to declare, oh my God, yes, this is who I am. And this is, you know, not, they don't have to say I'm this, I'm a gay male and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm butch or what, you know, they, right. they, they, it's, it's wonderful to see this generation coming up that I think in 15 years, this conversation we're having will be like, at least within, within the queer community i'm not gonna say yeah i think out. we're gonna see a little less of the oh i have to come out it's yeah. gonna be more of so who are we dating okay yeah and they're not gonna be allowed to stay overnight so there's no yeah. sleepovers and it's like well but my your my sister can have her her friends over and and her girlfriends can stay yeah but your sister also isn't dating one of them so no you know this is we'll see. we're gonna see we're gonna see a little bit more of the of uh, hopefully we'll see more parents getting on with that. There are extreme groups out there that are and hate groups in general that are pushing their own ideologies uh, and causing harm. And hopefully we can, we're also pushing how we can battle that back, battle that language. Back well, and-, and think about it, 15 years, the 20 year olds are going to be 35. So they will have kids, you know, mm-hmm. who are going to be getting close to that age. And I'm just, I'm, that's one of the things I'm thrilled to see where we're going. I really, yeah. it's with all the other, there's shit out there that we need to work on with climate change and, and my God, Texas and the abortion. And uh, Oh my God. There is a but, gal outside of Planned Parenthood. Just, just oh one no, woman by herself, oh no. this sign just standing there. And I'm just like, Oh, I swear you could be doing something more productive with yourself right now. And this is now see you and Desiree or one of you should have got, you know, you get your handmaid's tail costume and go stand up next to him. You know, I mean, I'm just saying (laughs) I probably probably would show up dressed like a pirate. You kidding me? Oh my God. I dress up as a sky pirate queen with my staff and everything. Did you, this is so, my God, these people are, if they follow us through all this, they'll be shocked. (laughs) Did you see this is so disgusting. No, they have sexy Handmaid's Tale costumes this year out for Halloween, like little short skirts and shit. Stop. I'm like, this is disgusting. Stop. I hope to God 
They make Stop. no money on this. Yeah. So why? I know. I know. Wow. It's beyond me. We can sexualize anything. <laughs> and it goes so against what anyway. So I, I'm oh. gonna say we should be we're we're going way off now and we went I think we may want to end this. We want to um, end off the hands mail tail done sexy, really? That's what you want to end on? I'm good with it. No. Leave them wanting more. That's not leaving me wanting anything other than ending this podcast right here, right now. Well, because we're going to be going into queer nunroom, so I think it's time to corner. You mean, but yeah, yeah, queer corner, yeah. So I just what what surprise do you have in there? I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to. I guess you'll find out. So ah shit, I sorry guys, that's what he left you with. I don't, I can't undo it. So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Cool. Stick with us. We're going to jump into our queer corner next. Welcome to our Queer Corner, where we dive into a little bit of news, a little bit of pop culture, and whatever else we want that we don't cover at the top of our show. So hold on to your seats as we jump in. Gary, take us away. All right. Well, Holly, um, I kind of, I'm switching it up since we just had this great conversation and we were going to talk about this one thing we didn't, and I was going to tie it into Grace and Frankie, a television show I love. And I decided, what the fuck? I'm still going to talk about Grace and Frankie. I what? decided, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, because I've I've talked enough about weight loss and stuff like that, and I'm going to get back to that. I love that, and it's 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 a true journey. Dream. But let's talk about Grace and Frankie a little bit. Let's do it. For those of you who don't know what Grace and Frankie is, which that just means you're, yeah. I living in a watch bubble. It. So Grace and Frankie is on Netflix. It's getting ready to have its final season. Um, they've already aired four of the final. I think they're doing a total of eight episodes for the final season. Um, this is a um, seventh season. And so it's actually been a huge hit for Netflix. From what they say, Netflix doesn't give out ratings, but what mm-hmm. they say, it's been a huge hit. Um, why it's part of Queer Nedrum, which I'm assuming most of you know, it's because it's about uh, uh, Grace and Frankie, who are these frenemies. For years, they hate each other. They they would only be in the rooms when their husbands were both law partners together um, would make them be in a room together. Mm-hmm. And so then come to find out the husbands have, have been having this secret affair for years, and the two of them finally go to their wives their prospective wives and say we want to we're ending our marriages because actually the two of us love each other and so through a whole series of situations uh grace and frank end up they get the beach house the two of them live in the beach house <laughs> um which it's its own little fun stuff that happens so but what's really great about the show well, first of all i should also say that even though it's about it's um, that what is the catalyst is these two men finally come out and say they love each other, but also Lily Tomlin should be on the top of every, in particular, queer person's right. radar because she is one of the first, if not the first uh, performer who was very open about who she was. Um, and mm-hmm. it cost her roles. Um, she has done everything. She is a comedian. 
She has done uh, dramatic. She is, she's, she's everything. I have always been a little, I've always had a little crush on her because I just think she's wonderful. I'm old enough that I remember her, even as a kid, I remember her being on the series Laughing. I have watched many of her movies she did for, for a brief moment of time in the mid-70s, she was the flavor of the week. And I loved that, you know, that she got to do some various different roles for that reason. She sings, She's, she had a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. So any so every person who is listening to this podcast, if you haven't watched Lily Tomlin, you need to watch a lot of Lily Tomlin. Listen to her comedy albums. So also Jane Fonda has been a huge advocate for for gay rights. She's, and women's rights. Yeah, women's rights too. And she's they're both huge on that, you know. And to be fair, uh um really the entire cast of Grace and Frankie, mm-hmm. they have done marches together for women's rights, for gay rights. So they're all really behind that. So that that is wonderful. Um, I do want to mention briefly that um, it, the, the two husbands are Sam Larson and Martin Sheen. Um, to me, Martin Sheen will always be President Bartlett from the West Wing. He is, that was an amazing show and I would watch that in the last during the Trump administration just to remember that there could be good in politics. And so I I also I really highly recommend that show. Not a gay vibe in that show at all, but I still love <laughs> the show. Um so what I really wanted to go with, and I want this is sort of I'm directing this to all of our wonderful listeners, but really to Holly at the moment because she's here. So I, like I said, you should watch this show. It's cute. It's funny. It shows people in their seventies having sex lives, being very active. It's something that I'm closer now to that than I was to my twenties by a long shot. And I'm, it gives me hope what the future holds. So I'm really excited about that. My question for you, Holly, Mm -hmm. this is, you, you get to help me with this one is my, my one issue with the show from almost the very beginning is how would the show have been different if they would have cast in the husband roles two gay actors Richard Chan like say my mind I was supposed to Richard Chamberlain and George Takei both are out and proud gay men both lived a majority of their lives closeted mm. And so I think they would have a different perspective on this. Uh, I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. And I think in many cases, we do see a shortfall in that. I get the impression, and I could be wrong, but I get the impression that there are some really good writers working with amazing actors that are capturing that essence even though they're straight men well we assume they're straight men um by all well they're both been married two years to their their prospective wives so yes but i'm also careful we're gonna take that big jump i yeah yeah i'm but i'm also careful not to make those assumptions because they could be bisexual and in committed relationship with somebody and it looks like a, a normal air quote relationship in that that particular case so i'm careful to make that judgment but I would say, and going out on a limb here, 
I don't think it would have changed. I think you have the essence of the actors that would have changed, but I don't think basis on the basis of being out and proud would have made made that difference, I guess. I mean, maybe there might have been more support and pull because people of the community have been like, yeah, we know they're out and proud and we want to support them. And this is a show that supports that. And maybe that might have changed for some people. But I think overall it captures it for me. Uh, but I'm not a I'm not a dude. And I'm not, oh, and I'm not you know? even saying I don't. I, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying how how it would change if it was actually cast with out and proud gay actors in the in the, in and- the- I'm going to say that I just, I think that it would have made some differences. I, I really think, I think there might've been a little bit more in some of the scenes, especially when they're remembering back, maybe a little more pathos. Mm. I could be wrong, but, and I, and I think it's they do a great job. Don't get me wrong. No, but, but it's an I, interesting thing to think about for sure. Yeah. And then I say all the same time, you know, that I have no, then here I am saying, but I have no, and it's not a problem at all. But then the other side of it is then you see Lily Tomlin playing a straight woman who mm-hmm. has been out and proud longer than any of them. And so I, I love, I love that they've done that. And by the way, the person, one of the two, the, the series creator of this is Marta Kaufman, who made one of the best shows ever in the history of television. And that was friends. She was one of the three creators <laughs> of friends. So there's, you know, it, it and has that, a wonderful- that was a very unique situation where they, all the actors actually played off of each other really well. The, the writing was good. Directing was good. But it, it doesn't work if you don't also have cast that can bring that to life for the audience. Well, and go, actually in going even just about friends, what I liked about that, you know, yes, you look back now and it was a whitewash and all this and they didn't you know they didn't do this they didn't do that but at least in a primetime show from the 90s they had reoccurring gay characters mm-hmm. you know so that's something you you weren't seeing so going that but so it's just something i you know if any of our listeners out there would like to send us an email how they feel that you know and list who you think would would, would have been good if you think that would have been something they should have done i guess yeah, my one interested yeah i'm i like i said it's not it, it's i love the show and i binge watched it and i'm sure i'll watch it all again at some point um but i'm just curious what their feelings are if you know like say um if and he has passed away since then but like if tab hunter would have played the role you know one of the two roles because he's very Cal Hunter was a very straight acting man and, you know, did not fit into his stereotypes at all. And then for, so how would that have been if it would have been him? And he came out a lot later in life to finally, it was rumored for a long time, but finally when he came out. So it's just something I was just, I'm curious about. And this is where I was going to lead into this anyway in our conversation, but it ended up getting all we how you you and I are we go on a scenic we route sometimes get on scenic routes yeah and so but I'm still really curious and so this is something I just you know I would love to hear what people's opinions are please let us know email Facebook Twitter any of Insta. those Instagram which Insta baby that'll be to Holly because I am so bad on Instagram I have an account that I it's have good it's all good so, all right we love on so you guys in any any situation yeah. and, and any way we can except please 
no more nude photos. I, you yeah, know, see the gentleman um, out there. I don't also, need the nude photos. Also, cater your, your text to me, Avi. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I've gotten some invitations. I'm like, this, I am not your demographic. How did you get my info? Still happens. And I'm, I'm going to say you, Gary, when you talked about, uh, oh, shoot, what is it called? The puppy thing with the with the mask, the leather mask. Oh, yeah, being a, a puppy there. Yeah. I, mean, that's it. Yeah. I blame you for the Instagram things because of that, because of that conversation so, where somebody tagged our account. Anyway, it's not. I will fun. say thank you to the women who no longer send me nude photos. I'm yeah, that you guys are getting the demographics. They're figuring the channels out. But, you know, so, yeah, I um, also don't want those. I have I have what I need in my life. So thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OK, and well, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Sure it's not that I did, um, but you know, really, I just don't need any more. I've got plenty. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we have a quite right. an extensive collection, a library. We're good. We don't need more. Anyway, uh, so that will leave our wonderful news brief here for you. The in our queer corner here, which is everything you ever wanted to know about LGBTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. And the first one is freaking great because this is. Pi Awareness Week, which is awesome. We're wrapping up the, the week with uh, some wonderful news. So if you guys don't know who Avera is, she is a wonderful character, mistress of the dark, uh, queen of Halloween, a.k.a. the actor Cassandra Peterson, reveals in her most recent memoir that she has been in a relationship with a woman for nearly two decades uh, of course, if you've heard of this, you've seen, you've heard the sensational, like it's been kept a secret. It's a private life. I get it. Um, but she describes in her memoir how she how she met this woman who she calls T, uh, Teresa Wilson. How she met T at the Gold's Gym. So Cassandra was out working out, doing her thing, and sees this individual. This tanned, tattooed, sexy-looking human being who she thought was a male, uh, just pumping out some weights and working out, and then come to realize in the locker room that it's actually a female. And she was like, oh, hmm, I didn't know I'd find, I would even consider thinking that way about a woman. But yeah, okay, yeah, she's an attractive woman. Flash forward, T ends up out, the relationship that they were in at the time ends, and she, uh, basically reaches out to Cassandra and says, hey, can I crash with you for a little bit? They end up being roommates. Roommates for 19 plus years. <laughs> well, okay, yes, but I got to interrupt. So, Please. yes, but they were they were platonic for a they while. They were platonic. They were just friends. The reason I laugh is because it reminds me a lot of how Desiree and I met uh, my wife. Uh, who'd been in a long-term relationship with a man for 27 years, married, never had a relationship with a woman before, strictly platonic friendship, and just very similar to how Cassandra describes in her memoir, just something kind of happened. And it was like, well, I, I kissed her. I didn't not like it. In fact, I really liked it. And then they, they explored that together. And here, you know, flash forward, here we go. They've been in this, they've been in a relationship for 19 years and it's not too dissimilar to my own experience with Desiree. And in fact, I, I, I will, I will challenge my co-host here to say that we follow up on this and actually maybe even bring my wife on 
and have a discussion and kind of tying it back into our friend here, Cassandra Peterson. Uh, I think this happens a lot with people is we, we live one life, we live yeah. way in our life. And before you know it, things change or our, our sexuality is fluid. Um, and we find that there's different facets of that, that we have an opportunity to explore. And I think it's beautiful that Cassandra Peterson is feels comfortable having this conversation that T supports her in this and that, that they're able to have this conversation and more on that public arena. What are you going to say, Gary, before I move on? Oh, no, yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm interrupting on this one. Sorry, I feel bad. But the other thing too, is that um, it was, they had that, they did a mutual decision, if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. not to admit they were having a relationship because of Elvira's image. They didn't yeah. want to ruin that part of it. I think it's also interesting that they, there's, this is something we might want to do on a, on a episode coming up Yeah, is in particular, women coming out later in life and having um it's there's a phenomenon now where um women are in their in their 50s uh having been divorced and then in their 50s and 60s end up realizing that they have fallen in love with a woman and and so that's a, I think that a topic we might want to look at following up. So yeah. I'm sorry, now I'm going to let you. Do I know. Some I, I, I appreciate you, yeah. you picking up what I, when I threw out there, I think it'd be very interesting, not only for us, but for our listeners as well. Uh, all right. Think, yeah. So yeah. moving on into our, our news here, Texas, <coughs> sorry, Texas, Texas challenged Biden's administration on his guidance on transgender worker protection. So uh, as of September 22nd, Texas governor, or sorry, Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton has moved to block Biden's administration's guidance requiring that employers allow transgender workers to use bathrooms bathrooms assigned to the dress and manner aligned with their gender identity following a separate challenge by 20 other Republican-led states. Paxton, in a statement, uh, said that he, he says that the state should be allowed to place the rights of workers over the subjective views of gender asshole and that the um that the eeoc guidance puts many women and children at risk so the eeoc is the equal opportunity commission uh he's saying that basically these individuals are putting women and children at risk fuck you that is not at all quit using us as an excuse fucking gaslighting your bullshit own it you are being discriminatory he goes on to say that the door uh, the, the backdoor attempts to force businesses, include, including the state of Texas, uh, to align with their own beliefs is unacceptable. Uh, he says that the basically that this agreement put out by the EEOC uh, was basically only chaired by Charlotte Borzo, which is um, she was the only member of the commission that actually voted on it. And it wasn't actually put to, into the full vote of the five member commission. Uh Basically, what happened here is that if you remember Bostock, we talked about this in previous episodes. There was a there was a court case that happened earlier in the year where Bostock uh, was suing Clayton County, saying that he was fired based off of discrimination against his sexual orientation, sexual identity. And he he is his own state denied it. And so that he and a group of other people took their own cases from around the world. Uh, around the United States, excuse me, and took it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, yes, this is wrong. We're going to overturn the lower court's rulings in those respective states and rule in favor 
of these individuals saying, yes, you were discriminated against, and yes, you have a right to, to fight for your, your civil rights under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So based on that ruling in late 2020, the EEOC went ahead and pushed that out to the state, said, yep, this is this is a benchmark. This is what we are using as a basis of law because we don't have it. We didn't have it. We have it now. That is how we have. That's how our laws work. We use them as 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 case uh, to case law for future discussions that we have before our courts. Uh, so this basically has set precedents, and EEOC used that. And Texas is saying this is not correct. This is bullshit, and they're they're putting our ch- women and children at risk. So I say fuck you, Paxton. And other individual states that are doing that kind of crap is discrimination. All right. Let's wrap it up with a little bit of fun. Oh, my God. All right. Who loves Queer Eye? Me. Queer Eye has partnered up, get it, with Lego. That's right. They have a collaboration between uh, Lego and Queer Eye. So the Fab Five. Uh, will be doing a whole new makeover of their entire design set. And they're going to actually have a a Lego set that will come out uh, this October. So just a few, few days called Queer Eye. Um, And it's going to be about $100 for a 97 four-piece set. And it is freaking cute. I will be pushing this out on our social media. You need to check it out. The Legos are adorable. I will likely get them. I love my Legos, but I particularly love my Legos when I get to teach kids how to do math and geometry and shapes. And I don't have small humans right now. So I'm just going to have to entertain myself while I build this beautiful set of gorgeous human beings. So super excited. Keep your eyes out for that. That'll be hitting the market here soon. $100 and this 97.4 rainbow colorful set could be yours. I hope you enjoy it. I know I will. I'm I'm kind of feeling like Gary, like maybe you want one. Okay, so you're gonna people are gonna hate me. I'm not a huge fan of the new queer eye. We have unfriended each other. Okay, we're friends again. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's okay. It's 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 okay. It's just not one of my favorites. I'm you know, I don't have to like everything that's gay. I mean, they got like Jonathan and his like swivel salon chair with the, like the long Lego hair. I don't know how they haven't had this before. It's it's going to be. Fantastic. I think that's I think that's I will say I think it's awesome that they're doing marketing for a queer television show. That's very right? queer. So I love that part of it. That's right? awesome. It's like the, and I don't it's think it's just, a bad show. It's just not my favorite. <laughs> um, the the at Lego underscore group and Twitter says the Lego world. Never looked so bright. Lego Queer Eye Fab Five Loft launches October 1st. Um, just, I love it. I love it when you see big corporations like this actually stand behind people and just in the representation well, of that and create something for, for our young humans. They actually have something they can identify with, which will jump into our, 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 our episode when we follow up on identity. We really, we really gender cue our kids before they're even born and toys is definitely one of those things that that happens. So it's nice to see a toy out there that has some representation for humans uh, growing up. And even for me, I'm still growing up. It's just, you know, Netflix is doing, getting ready to do a whole marketing thing where they're, 
doing tie-in products. So is this, do you have an idea if this is going to be, if they'll be able to buy it through Netflix? I'm, I'm just curious. So. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Cause that would be, I just, I, you know, I was wondering that if there was some link in there too. So, cause I'm, you know what? There, no, there is, there is a, there is a link between the two, but I don't know if you can buy through Netflix. I know that Netflix is partnered with Lego in that they are representing and supporting uh, LGBTQ initiatives and conversations and toys and brandings and branding in the way of like shows and movies, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, yeah, I would say that Netflix is, is behind that, but I don't know about purchasing. I'm not sure where you're, what, where, what you well, that hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten up yet. The whole site yeah. they're doing. So I, I was just curious. That's true that, I mean, we are talking about this just before it actually goes live uh, on, on that guys. Thank you so much for joining us for our show this week. And that was your episode of everything you ever wanted to know about LGBTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. Join us next week when we dive into some more wonderful contents of the world of Cornundrum. And until then, be well. And be queer, you lovely fuckers. <laughs> Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Cornundrum Podcast. And email us at queernundrum at queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>